The full power of the gospel of Jesus Christ is contained in the Book of Mormon, period. And the Book of Mormon is replete with examples of disciples and prophets who knew and understood and were transformed by the enabling power of the atonement. Remember this declaration by Jesus himself. Whoso treasureth up my word shall not be deceived. And in the last days, neither your heart nor your faith will fail you. Hey there. Welcome to episode 66 of the Book of Mormon podcast. It's Kevin and Shelby here. Hey guys. And today we are discussing the words of Mormon. So last week we covered the Book of Jerem and the Book of Omni, which were little one chapter books. And I really enjoyed our conversation of those. We discussed some of the finer points, and we also discussed some spiritual um, thoughts we had on those uh, those chapters. And today we're just going to c- confine our thoughts and impressions to the words Mormon rather than getting into Mosiah, because I think what, what we felt was... Mm-hmm. We don't want to get into Mosiah 1 and then have to cut it off just due to time. So we'll go ahead and discuss the words Mormon. And then when we come back next week, we'll be able to dive in to the book of Mosiah. Mm-hmm. Um, without further ado, let's talk about the words of Mormon. Now, I, I want to, what I wanted to open up with was... Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you very likely know who Mormon was. But we're, I, I wanted to do like a little refresher just, just for my sake, just so I know where I'm at and, and just for posterity's sake and things like that. So the, he, Mormon was a prophet. And he lived um, in and around like 300, well, it says in this, uh, in this chapter heading that he wrote this around 385 AD. So this is, as he says in verse 2, it's many hundred years after the coming of Christ. And basically the, the record which we've been reading about being passed down from father to son, brother to brother, and then from Amalekai to King Benjamin, that record has now come to Mormon. Yeah. And you might... Many years in the future. Many years in the future. And you might think, well, that's skipping a few people, but the plates, the small plates were full at this point. There was no more room. Amalekai 
he finished his writing on them and he filled them. There's no more room on these small plates. And so he gives them up to King Benjamin because he knows that I, I'm that he'll keep them right. safe. He's a righteous man. Right, he's a righteous man. Now, Mormon, he's been commissioned to abridge the record of his people by the Lord. And he's he's not only is he a prophet, he's also also described as a historian for this reason. And he was also a military leader, as we'll come to find out later, which is not surprising at all. You know, some of the great military leaders were also history buffs. And this week, as I was thinking about it, I thought, obviously, there's modern day examples. Um, but the, the great examples like Sun Tzu, you know, I, I think he's a Chinese um, military genius. And he wrote The Art of War. And that was some hundred years before Christ. And so this is not a new thing. It's not a new idea that men who engage in warfare and lead men in battle are also interested in history. And so I think he was very well suited for this job, this commission of Jesus Christ. And he opens his record or this is like him adding it in between the small plates and what goes on, on uh, the larger plates afterwards. And Shel, do you want to kind of come in and add some clarification or what, what were your, what did you study about? What did you think? Um, I mean, you already said it, but I think the most important start uh, part to understand up to this point for those who have been following chapter by chapter is that this really is an insert into the end of the small plates because mm. he also has other plates. And so he's abridging that all to put it together into one, which is pretty cool because we just get this insert and then we have a continuation of what he abridges or can condenses i would say maybe you know yeah so well, that that's what oh i was just gonna say abridging i looked up the definition it means shortening of a longer book yeah so that's pretty cool and mormon uh well so i know a lot of people call members of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints mormon uh because of the book of mormon right however i remember when people would say, oh, you must be Mormon, I would say, no, I'm not, but I can tell you about him because he's the one who bridged the plates, right? Yeah. So just a little side note as that's to where we get our nickname, um, which we don't prefer to be called by as President Nelson has instructed. Well, really as Christ has instructed his church and members. But um, what I wanted to talk about was more of the... Uh, what the plates were like the larger and the small plates we've talked about this before but it's always good to refresh and then um how the timing of the plates worked and i actually if you're on our 
a website, I did write an entire blog post on this because I just thought it was so fascinating. It blew my mind. Um, that's kind of where I wanted to go with discussing the plates and Mormon here. Um, do you want to go that direction or do you want to discuss maybe a little bit more and then go there? Yeah, let's discuss a few more things and then go there. Okay. And so in, in the fashion of this podcast, let's take a few more verses until we get up to that point. So Mormon is about to, he's about to finish his portion of the record, which we actually read about later in the chapters contained in the, the Book of Mormon. So there is a Book of Mormon inside the Book of Mormon, <laughs> and it's the second to last book in the Book of Mormon. So I know that's a little bit confusing, but that was his portion of the record that he wrote for future generations. And he's finished his portion, and he's about to deliver the record up to his son, Moroni, who is the last writer and the last prophet in the Book of Mormon. And Mormon even says that he's he has witnessed almost all the destruction of his people, the Nephites, and he supposeth that his son will witness the entire destruction of the people of Nephi. He says, but may God grant that he may survive them, that he may write somewhat concerning them and somewhat concerning Christ, that perhaps someday it may profit them, meaning the people. Hmm. And so in verse three, he does say that he's made this abridgment of the plates of Nephi down to the, uh, the reign of the king of Benjamin, King Benjamin. And he's found these plates, which contained this small account of the prophets from Jacob down to the reign of this king, Benjamin, and also many of the words of Nephi. So he's talking about, when he says these plates, he's talking about the small plates, the small plates i.e. the book of First Nephi, mm -hmm. all the way through Omni. Yeah. Okay. And he says that things which are on these plates are they're pleasing to him because of the prophecies of the coming of Christ. And my father is knowing that many of them have been fulfilled. Yea, and I also know that as many things as have been prophesied concerning us down to this day have been fulfilled. And as many as go beyond this day must surely come to pass. So this must be an awesome find for Mormon because he's in a future time. He's after the coming of Christ. He knows that a lot of the things which are prophesied, right, they've actually been fulfilled. What a testimony builder. I was just about to say that. It, <laughs> it must build his testimony that the things that have yet to be fulfilled, like those things are going to happen too. Right. That's why he says they must surely come to pass. Yeah. And he... In verse 5, he chooses um, to finish. He says, I choose these things to finish my record upon them, which remainder of my record I shall take from the plates of Nephi. Um, I like, in verse 7, the purpose of why he does this. Right. He says, 
And I do this for a wise purpose, for thus it whispereth me according to the workings of the Spirit of the Lord which is in me. And now I do not know all things, but the Lord knoweth all things which are to come. Wherefore he worketh in me according to his will. There's so many things I love about this verse. One of them being that it really shows how much Mormon is an instrument in God's hands. Um, he doesn't necessarily, he says, I do this for a wise purpose because the spirit tells me to, but I don't really know why I'm doing it, but I'm going to do it anyway. I feel that way right now for a specific reason. <laughs> I don't know why the Lord has done certain things, but he's doing them and I'm just going to be like Mormon and, and figure it out. Um, but we know way more from this verse now because we're obviously way ahead of Mormon's time um, lengthwise of understanding what this verse really means now because of certain events that have taken place in the beginning of the restoration. Right. And I'll just, I'll just add this, and I know that you're probably going to cover this in, in your notes mm -hmm. for this chapter. But the reason I think that Mormon says, I, I know, I do not know, um, or, or that I do this for a wise purpose is because the record that he's now putting into this, this overall record like the plates that he's adding to his final record mm -hmm. not all of it but they're somewhat redundant mm -hmm. because there's apparently a, a an adjacent record that goes through the same timeline mm -hmm. as what we've just discussed over this past year and yeah. several months and it's in it's in the record at this time. Mm -hmm. So Shelby, kind of explain that. Okay, so what we have to understand is that Mormon is abridging not only these smaller plates, but also the larger plates, what you were just saying. And so he has abridged, we know this, um, he did abridge part, the first part of the larger plates. Um, and... I'm going to pause there and I'm going to fast forward to the restoration for a second. So, so like the, like 1820s. Yeah. When 80. Yeah. Way 80. Yeah. So we know, um, quick little restoration teaching in a minute is that Joseph Smith wanted to know which church was true and he prayed and God told him that none of them were true um, and that he would restore the fullness of the gospel and Joseph, Joseph would be his prophet. And part of that was um, his duty as the prophet was to translate um, the Book of Mormon, what we're reading right now. And he began, Joseph Smith began translating that record. Um, and I believe he had to have started with the larger plates um, that Mormon abridged. And so he's doing this with his um, Martin Harris, who's his scribe at the time. And he translates about 116, uh, 116 pages of Mormon's abridgment of the large plates. 
Now, the this time span covers 600 BC. Yeah. No, yeah, 600 BC to 130 AD. So that's the time span we have here of those 116 pages. Now, at this time, Martin Harris, he wants to show these pages, these translated pages, to some friends and family. And Joseph inquires uh, three times, and the first two times are a no from the Lord. And then finally, the third time is a yes, but there's parameters set. And so they do it. And Martin takes the pages to show to these people. Martin, a series of events, the, these pages fall into the hands of wicked men and are lost. So we have that time frame of 600 BC to 130 AD of the larger plates are just now gone. Okay. Now, you can imagine Joseph and Martin are obviously really probably distraught. They think the world's going to end. But the Lord, in his infinite wisdom and mercy, knew, right? He knows these people, knew that there had to be um, there had to be a backup plan, per se. That's what mm -hmm. I call it. So it, going back to verse 7, now we're going back to the words of Mormon when he says, I do these things for a wise purpose. It's because the Lord knew that 116 pages of this time frame would be lost. But this is the coolest thing that blew my mind because I didn't know the time frame. But these smaller plates that we have just read over the past 65 uh, episodes of the Book of Mormon podcast are the smaller plates. And guess what, you guys? They cover that same time span of 600 BC to 130 AD, the same exact time span that was lost in the larger plates by Martin Harris. So I thought that was amazing to figure out that even down to the time frame of those pages being lost way in 1820, he prepared way back here. I mean, what's the time frame right now of Mormon? Like, I don't know, 130 somewhere around uh, it's obviously after Christ's death. Oh yeah, it's th 380. Way before he knew and he planned that far back for this. Well, he he didn't even plan he planned even further back. Well, yeah. Because even Nephi talks about this yes. same thing. Yes. He he says in 1st Nephi chapter 9 verse 5 he says wherefore the Lord hath commanded me to make these plates for a wise purpose in him which purpose I know not. Mm -hmm. Because Nephi knows that on the larger plates, there's similar things. There's similar things being written about. And so this had to have taken a lot of faith because, like you said, there's probably a lot of redundancy going on. And it's not like it's easy. They're not packing all this stuff in a U Haul truck. <laughs> right. They have to carry this stuff. So. It just amazed me because I I was really fascinated with actually Enos when we read about him, where Enos in, in verse, um, if we just flip back a couple of pages in the Book of Mormon, in uh, I think it's verse 16 or 17, oh, 17, 16 and 17, he's pleading with the Lord and actually covenants with him that the record might be preserved. Now, if all the Lord had was the larger plates of Nephi covering that time span, 
and it was lost, that covenant has been broken by the Lord, right? But no, it wasn't because he had the smaller plates and he fulfilled his covenant with Enos. And even with Mormon, Mormon pleads that they'll be preserved in verse 11 too. So all of these prophets that have said, please preserve these records, it, it comes to pass. He fulfills his word and it just shows that the Lord stands by and will do when you're obedient to him what he says he'll do. He has to bless you. And so it's just really cool to see that because if you're looking at your life and you're wondering why in the world some things are happening now and I don't know, just you're trying to figure it out. I mean, rest assured if the Lord's going to take care of this record to bring to us at these last days and, and have and share with everybody, he is going to take care of you too in your life and the things that are happening. So it just really built my testimony because man, y'all, it was the same exact time frame going on. And I didn't realize that. I knew it covered the same things, but I didn't realize it was so much down to the details of the time. Right. And that just really built my testimony of the Book of Mormon, but also of my own life and the timing in my own life. Divine design, for sure. So, yeah, that's that was uh, really cool to learn for me, and I hope it is as cool for you guys. Or maybe I'm just a scripture nerd. I don't know, but. Well, we are definitely scripture nerd. That's a that's a given. We're we're on episode sixty six of an average of like an hour per episode about the scriptures. So that's that's confirmed. I wanted to add in uh, yeah. a, a few thoughts, please do, if I may. Please. We think it about covenant keeping you know like we keep our covenants by being obedient to the commandments that we've been given heavenly father and jesus christ are the perfect covenant keepers themselves yeah because there's another side to the covenant yeah that means that we're being blessed and that things that we are asking for are being brought to pass we don't always understand how they do come to pass or how they could come to pass, right? I mean, um, as Joseph and Martin Harris, after they've lost these manuscript pages, they just, after a period of time of repentance, they go back to work. They're told that you're not to uh, retranslate mm -hmm. those first pages. Yeah. Just keep trucking on. And they probably were kind of confused about that too. And, and they're like, well, but we're going to miss things, right? We're going to, there's not going to be things there. But it's later that they found that um, these small plates were abridged and put in to the record. And so somewhere along the way, they reorder things and they say, oh, Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, they prepared, they preserved this record, which actually goes perfectly mm -hmm. at the beginning of the Book of Mormon. Yeah. And that must have been a tender assuring. mercy, assuring to their mission and, and the Prophet Joseph Smith's uh, mission 
for restoring the gospel. Because imagine having the Book of Mormon with no beginning, <laughs> that it just pops in with maybe what King Benjamin. I, I don't even know where it would have popped in at. Right. Um, but. And I also wanted to give that I don't know if this is. Um, I'm nervous. <laughs> no, no, no. Throughout the week, you know, I have I have thoughts about um, the the podcast when we get to it, and sometimes I forget about those things, and the podcast comes and goes, and I have to think about it after the fact. I'm like, well, if um, if I really wanted, if it was really important, um, it would have come to my mind, or you know, I need to get better at writing these things down, and so I don't forget them. But I have kind of a, a little analogy that I wanted to share as to how this would be for the, the writers of the Book of Mormon um, and how it, would, how it would feel for them to have this second version of the record. So for those of you who are familiar with The Lord of the Rings, okay, <laughs> The first book, right, and I haven't actually, I'm talking about books here. I haven't even read the Lord of the Rings books, but I do know that the movies, they do a pretty good job of condensing the books, okay? They're pretty true to the, the book. Well, imagine that the, you know, the, the, the author of the Lord of the Rings, Tolkien, he goes and writes that first part with like Frodo in the Shire and he comes into getting the ring and all of this stuff. Right. And then Tolkien, he, he feels like, you know what? I should write that again. <laughs> and so he goes and he writes again, all of that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And then he starts the rest of the Lord of the Rings as we know it. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's kind of how it may have felt. Now, there are some differences there. It's not a perfect analogy, I think, because obviously Nephi, he put down some things that were very special to him. Mm -hmm. um, but it would have been like that. It would have been like having two beginnings, which, you know, for someone of of less faith, you wouldn't have been as diligent in recording those things because you think, well, if I don't, if I don't put this in, it's in that other record. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I think the reason that I really wanted to say that now that I'm, I'm actually talking about it on the podcast is that, and we've talked about this before, we don't know the full impact of our righteousness, our personal righteousness, and our diligence in keeping the commandments and doing these things day to day. Um, even Nephi says he didn't know why he was doing it. Mormon, he said, I, this is for a wise purpose that I know not. I don't really know why I'm doing it, but I'm going to do it because I think it's important. And quite frankly, when the Lord asks us 
asks us to do something, we should have the confidence that he knows what he's doing. So why wouldn't we do it? There's got to be, I mean, it's only going to benefit us and the people that we help um, and serve. So it just makes me think that to this day, when the prophet stands and says, I invite you to do a 10-day social media fast or I invite you to read the Book of Mormon before the end of the year, whatever invitation he extends, that is coming from the Lord. That is coming from Jesus Christ. And why would you not do it? It's something that's going to benefit you and help benefit those around you from doing so. And I think Mormon and Nephi and Enos and all these people who have written into the plates at this time, they know that. I mean, they, they have had enough experiences with the Lord to see that, man, if the Lord says something, I'm going to do it because it's only going to be good, you know? And so the same thing as we liken the scriptures into ourselves, the same sh thing should be applied to our lives. When we come across something or there's a trial or, or something, I mean, do what the Lord has asked you to do and you are going to be okay. Doesn't mean it's, I mean, it doesn't mean it will be easy because the Book of Mormon is filled with wars and contentions, okay, and fighting with the Lamanites. But ultimately, while this fighting and contention is happening, this record is still being preserved. So they're still doing the things the Lord have asked them to do, and they prosper. They do prosper at times, some are lower than others, some are in captivity at one point. But eventually they do come out of captivity and uh, things do get better, but we do know that because this was not the fullness, the restoration of the gospel, that this dispensation did end at one point. Um, and they ended up killing each other, <laughs> right? Basically, uh, but that won't happen in our dispensation, which is really cool. We get to live in the time where the Lord will come again, and He's not going to let us all die off, <laughs> you know. Because yeah. it's his fullness that's been restored now. So. And Mormon, he understood that. That's why he continued working with the record. And he, that's why he passed it on to his son, Moroni. And they finished the record. Mm -hmm. And um, in verse 11 of this chapter, the words of Mormon, he says... Um, after praying that the the records will be preserved, he says, there are great things written upon them, out of which my people and their brethren shall be judged at the great and last day, according to the word of God, which is written. And we have to, I, I always remember that one of the key purposes of the Book of Mormon is to ensure a righteous judgment for all people. And that's why we must read it and we must share it with the world. Mm -hmm. It teaches the things that people need to know to really, to come to a testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, um, that's why these men um, in the Book of Mormon, and 
I also wanted to add that something that I've known and I've come to know is particularly true is that behind every good man <laughs> is also a very good woman. And we get some, we get some, um, Insight. Insight is a good word. Um, not insight. We get like a peripheral view, view of the, the women in the Book of Mormon. Like we, we get Sariah and we get Nephi's wife. And um, we'll, we'll see some others as well. But, you know, if you don't think that, you know, Mormon's here and he's, he's hammering uh, on the plates. Or he's he's working on abridging this history of his people. There's also other people around him. He has he had a family. He had a son, right? And he had a wife, and that wife was, you know, was was key to this work as well. And we see that in a better, um, a more clear example with the prophet Joseph. And his wife, Emma, that she was an actual, she was a true helpmeet to him in his, in the translating of the Book of Mormon, mm -hmm. of the building up of the church in these latter days. Yeah. And so if we know it, it happens today, we can be assured that it happens then. We just don't have every jot and tittle put down. So I just wanted to say that too. Um, there are some really cool things that, that Mormon does talk about in the rest of the chapter, like verses 13 on, um, and it talk it's kind of like the contentions among the people and stuff like that. And Shelby, did you, did you have any thoughts like throughout the rest of this chapter? Um, not really. He kind of just summarizes his time. Mm -hmm. um, I really think verse 16 kind of pulls it together in a way. He says, and after there had been false prophets, false teachers, false preachers, sorry, and teachers among the people, and all these having been punished according to their crimes, and after having been much contention and much dissensions away into the Lamanites, behold, it came to pass the King Benjamin, with the assistance of the holy prophets who are among his people. And then he talks about King Benjamin. So I read that because it talks about the conditions of the false prophets and preachers and teachers, and there's even false Christs and, and that type of stuff that happened in his time. Um, but then he brings it back to King Benjamin, who he describes as a holy man who reigned in righteousness and spoke with power and authority of God. And it says he did use much sharpness because of the sick neck stiff neckedness of his people. Um, and so that's cool because sometimes you got to be that sharp to cut deep, right? Or to, to even get there to cut, if that makes sense. So um, I actually have um, a, a reference to the Book of Mormon student manual about oh, that if, if you would like me to read it says church leaders must speak out at times with directness and sharpness in warning members of the church of anything that may jeopardize their salvation. Spencer W. Kimball, 
who's president of the church, uh, referred to this obligation as he spoke to young adults. Quote, I am sure that Peter and James and Paul found it unpleasant business to constantly be calling people to repentance and warning them of dangers, but they continued unflinchingly. So we, your leaders, must be everlasting at it. If young people do not understand, then the fault may be partly ours. But if we make the true way clear to you, then we are blameless, end quote. And so this was... I feel like that goes perfectly with not only the Book of Mormon as a whole, but also just this this thread that we have been following throughout this episode, which is this record is so important. Mm-hmm. And the things that were taught to the people of Nephi and among the Lamanites are just as important for us today as it was for them. And so, um, yeah, this is because Mormon has already reviewed the, the record going forward from this point, he can say that, you know, this King Benjamin and the prophets, they, uh, they labored among the people and they established peace in the land for a period of time. And so that's, that's actually the time frame that we will come into when we get into the, the book of Mosiah coming up next is that it's a period of peace mm-hmm. and yeah, we're going to talk about King Benjamin next time. We're going to talk about his sons, and there's actually, we're going to be talking about the very first general conference on record. <laughs> Funny. Anyway, that's it, guys. I hope that I hope that your understanding of the Words of Mormon and the Book of Mormon were strengthened today. And then you can hopefully be able to take what we have taught and teach it to somebody else at some point. That's how you know you really learned it. Um, So I know I'll be referring back to this podcast because I still to this day, when I'm not consistently reminding myself what plates were what plates, I get confused. So I know that episode 66 is going to be one I go back to, um, to remember and I guess we should have said this at the beginning, but also episode 30 is also a great oh, yeah. chapter and, um, well, episode to refresh on these things as well. Mm-hmm. And so, and that one actually is a really fun episode to listen to. Um, we were having a great time that day. And so uh, not a bad idea to <clears throat> go back and listen to episode 30 because that actually discusses these different plates and and a lot of things like that so there you have it well guys we'll be back next week with mosiah chapter one i love the book of mosiah specifically chapter four but we'll get there and um well yeah i thought it'll be episode 67 so i'm excited i know kevin's excited and we'll see you next week
拜。Bye, y'all.